So as you as you guys can um, guess through through the title of today's sermon, there are not only the true shepherds, but there are also the false shepherds, the fakes. Well, um, I have one question for you guys. Through the Second Corinthians, why was Paul a true apostle? Because he carried the the gospel across upon himself. So that's the reason why he was able to boldly proclaim himself as a true apostle to the Corinthian church members. And and if you think, to whom did Paul consider his model uh, as an as an apostle of? It was not it was not twelve disciples of Jesus. After he met um, Jesus uh, personally in, in Damascus, um, so I I I could guess that Jesus himself was an, a model of apostle to to Paul himself, and and when Paul when Paul says I'm an uh, apostle of Christ, he 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 meant that Jesus himself sent Paul to to the church, and it, it sounds like sounds like. Um, God is asking to our church members, "Are you guys truly my servants? Are you guys truly the apostles that I sent?" It sounds like God is asking us. But it not only applied to Pastor Kim. The the meaning of apostle in Greek is apostolos, which is a, a um, people who are being sent. So. It means that someone who are being sent with with a purpose. So, in the in the perspective of God has a certain purpose of sending us, uh, us, um, you know, us pastors or ministers or anyone. In in perspective of that, because we all have this perspective of God in us, uh, we can call ourselves as apostles. So when somebody asks us, "Are you are you truly an apostle? Are you truly servant of God?" And God is also asking each and every one of us this question too: "Are you truly my servant? Are you truly my apostle?" And and to and Jesus Himself, He He was an apostle too. He was. Someone who has been sent by God with a purpose. He has been sent by his father. God himself sent him. And in Book of Hebrews, what does he say? He is, he's an apostle as and a great priest. So, so in a way, Jesus himself was the first true apostle. Out of all the other apostles, so in order to know who is the true apostle, we need to meet the true apostle himself, Jesus Christ. And when we meet Jesus, then we should be able to realize, oh, I am, I am a true, I am, I'm true, or I'm not true, I'm false, I'm fake. But in the text today, there does not appear the word apostle itself, but there appears the word shepherd. So Jesus. Is describing how he has served his his sheep, and when you think of a shepherd, what kind of image do you imagine? What kind of image do you think of? You can imagine a green pasture with with、uh, many sheep just wandering around, 
and you can imagine Jesus wearing this this red um, you know linen thing on his shoulder. You can you you can imagine this kind of thing, right? And someone some of you might think where where you you go on a picnic to to Gangwon-do and where there's a, a green pasture there. And when I think of a shepherd, I used to live in in, in Scotland actually. Uh, the, this this place there were more sheep than than people that were living there. So when I think of sheep. I think, oh, these creatures, these creatures eat endlessly. And of course, there would be many different images that you guys have. But at that time, in this, this historical background, during Jesus' day, when they heard the concept of shepherd, the word shepherd, they would have think of, uh, the Israelites might have think of the king of Israel in Old Testament, God himself called, called a shepherd of Israel. And he even described many political leaders or religious leaders of Israelites uh, as shepherds. So, so the Pharisees or the teacher of law, when they, when they heard Jesus dis, uh, calling himself shepherd, they would have think, they would have thought, oh, this guy is mad, this guy is crazy. Why, how could he dare to call himself a shepherd? So it was kind of natural, uh, ordinary, uh, normal for himself. I mean, for the uh, the accusers of Jesus to just blame him as a uh, blasphemous. But what we what we can see here is that God does not just let anyone to take care of sheep. He's she's sheep. He appoint his authority to to these royal beings, only to the royal beings. So if God appointed his royal authority to you, then it means that he has acknowledged you as royal beings so that he would let you, allow you to raise another royal being through you. So in fact, um, another purpose of Jesus Christ is that he is insisting that if I am true, that you guys are not true to, to his... his in the, in the Old Testament, the, to, to the political leaders or, or these uh, religious leaders, God is telling them, oh, I have appointed you my sheep, but you guys have abandoned my, abandoned my sheep and you have skinned them, you have um, plundered their, their meat. So I cannot let you guys do that anymore. I will uh, raise my servant David. I will... I will myself feed them and I will uh, clothe them, I will feed them. So here, just, just as the Old Testament prophets have prophesied, just like David, Jesus came as a true shepherd. So, so because the true shepherd has appeared, what, what happens to the, these false shepherds? They have no place to stand. And I want God to tell tell Yeolbang Church this. The shepherds in Yeolbang Church, I have raised you. I will no longer bear these false shepherds. I want you true shepherds to raise up and raise another remnant. I believe this is something that God is telling us to, in this season right now. 
And one of direct historical background here in this text message is that God, uh, Jesus himself is having this spiritual, severe spiritual warfare against the religious uh, spirit of religion. At that time, these religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, and all these priests, they have been, they have been um, bringing all these controversies among, among Jesus' teaching. And in, in chapter 10, it's connected to chapter 9, we have heard. You, you all know this, the story of uh, Siloam, which is, which is Jesus healing curing this, this person who has been blind from his birth. And he told him to go, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the blind guy opened his eyes. But what happened? What, what was the issue? The day that he cured that blind man was the Sabbath. And as I was reading this text, um, I was thinking, oh, he, he um, makes me think of some other person. Why would, why would he do this to, to the blind man on Sabbath? Of course, he's very thankful that he has cured that person. But, but the Sadducees and Pharisees, all these opposers, they have called the parents of this blind man and begin to accusing Jesus. And telling telling them, hey, what happens to this guy? This guy is calling himself a messiah, but how could he be, uh, dare to um, uh, you know, not, not secure the Sabbath? But if you think, if there, to this blind man, he recognized Jesus, even though he was blind as a, as a Messiah. But, but those who had eyes opened, these Pharisees and all these religious leaders, they saw Jesus himself standing right before them, but they were not able to recognize him. And I guess Jesus wanted to tell them, oh, hey, you guys, even though you guys are seeing me with your own eyes, but you guys are still blind spiritually, then how could I lead you spiritually? So this is um, clear evidence that he is uh, proving them as false shepherds. But when we apply this to us, if Jesus stands before us, can we recognize him? Are we, would, would we be able to recognize him? What happens if I cannot recognize him because of my religious uh, bindings and all my spiritual issues? And when I, was, when I was in Britain, when I was in Scotland, Jesus visited me many times. Um, and I told you guys many times these stories. Um, he visited me through, through, through these, these different images of people, through, the, through a homeless person, through a clerk in a market, something like that. But Holy Spirit made me able to recognize Him. He, uh, at the time, I was very poor. I had only like um, you know, 20 cents or something like that. And on the street, I saw an old, old lady um, begging for money. Uh, I had 20 pounds. And anyways, she was begging with he, her, her little, little child. But Holy Spirit in me uh, insisted me to, to, to give this money to her, give all the money to her. And that grandmother was Jesus to me. And there was this, this uh, grandfather that I met in the park. 
And this guy came, came to me and he asked me, Do you believe in Jesus? Do you go to church? And I said, Yes, I do. And he was very, very happy. And he said, There are not many people on this earth who are believing Jesus Christ. But, but when, you, when you, a foreigner, telling me that you are believing Jesus Christ, I'm so happy. And Holy Spirit confirmed me that he, that Jesus, it was Jesus' heart. The heart of that grandfather was all the same as Jesus' heart. And the, this guy that I met in the market was working in the seafood corner. And only, only the Asian people eat octopus. So uh, as I was shopping in the market, I saw this guy recognizing me and uh, finding these, these seafoods for me. So, and I... I realized, oh, it was Jesus' heart who prepared these things for me. And now, as I think of these one more time, I have this fear that oh, if God approaches me, if Jesus approaches me again in the image of different person, would I be able to recognize him once again? Of course, not many people, uh, not all the people that you meet are, are not Jesus. But God can ask us. God can question us. Oh, I am standing before you in this image, but are you are you seeing me? So in this context, uh, we are entering into chapter ten. Chapter ten is consisting consisted of three three different things: uh, verse one through five, verse six through through eighteen, and verse nineteen through through the end. And you guys would be able to recognize all this. Uh, Jesus spoke a parable and he, because the crowds didn't understand the parable, so he explained the parable. And the last part was the reaction of the people who heard this parable. So today's, today's text message has a very simple uh, uh, structure. So the sermon itself is very simple. But of course, the sermon itself is simple, but living through, living according to the sermon um, might be difficult. But this sermon is not for you guys, but this is a sermon for, for myself. So today's sermon, how, can, how does a true shepherd um, shepherd his sheep? I will talk about this in four, four categories. And then, and then as he shepherds his sheep, he, he does not only shepherd and feed his sheep, he has a purpose, he has a goal. So first, first of all, who, who is a true shepherd? The true shepherd is, is a shepherd who leads his sheep through a door. What does that mean? Jesus. In this parable, Jesus um, compares him as a, as a shepherd, and he also describes him a, as a door. So in the, in the fence that um, surrounds the sheep, in the pasture, there always exists a sheep. In verse 1, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. So, of course, there are other beings who are not shepherds. From verse 7 to verse 10, Therefore Jesus said again, But surely I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. 
So he is comparing him, describing him as a gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be, sh will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So if we look here, there, there's this, this uninvited guest. When we think, in our common sense, we would naturally think, of course a sheep would enter, enter the sheep pen through a gate, but, but sheep can only enter into the sheep pen through this guidance of the shepherd. But what Jesus is saying is, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So what does this gate mean here is that he is the truth, he himself is the truth, and without through, uh, through without entering through through himself who is the truth we cannot gain this life so in other words this true shepherd is the only way to provide his life to his sheep is through the truth to feed his sheep through the truth is the only way to provide them the life and it's the only way of the true shepherd to give the life to his sheep but when we think of ourselves, we eat three three meals a day, right? If you can, you might skip one meal. You might skip two meals, or in our in our church, we even fast 21 days or 40 days. But if we continue to fast, we cannot live, right? It applies to the same. Our worship is the same. Our prayer is the same. Of course, you can um, have one time that you are not being blessed, not receiving grace. But if you continue to fail to receive grace and be blessed, if you continue to fail to receive the truth, our spirit would die naturally. The only way for our spirit to be alive is to be fed by the truth. So the, the leaders in our church, I, I want our leaders to be fed through this truth first. And God is telling us, you, um, be fed by this truth first before anyone else. But this is not simply, oh, I have heard Pastor Kim's message a lot. I know his message a lot. No. The truth is Jesus. And if I have not experienced this living Jesus personally, and if I am not welcoming Jesus himself, then it's all, all religion, it's all um, legalism. And this law and legalism and religion, what's dangerous, what's dangerous about this is it always persecutes the truth. It always judges uh, our, our brothers and sisters. So it only applies the truth and information in us and if we if we stack all these uh, message as the as informations, and it becomes a standard of judgment to to one another. And if we do not, even though if we are not um, accepting the sermon as a truth, and still. How, how many times are we, um, in the name of uh, Pastor Kim's message, are we judging one another? Even though if, it, if it's a message that has been uh, procla um, proclaimed by the church, if, you, if there's 
if you don't um, receive it by, by truth, then it has no authority at all. When we are immature, God will allow this to, to last for a while, but when we grow, God will never leave this behind. Sometimes, do you guys, don't you guys think that it's easier to solve some issues through, through Pastor Kim than wrestling um, personally with, with God Himself? I'm challenging you guys, you leaders. Are, you should examine yourself. Am I wrestling with God for, for this truth to guide me? Or are you guys just like, well, it's too difficult. I will just go and ask Pastor Kim or someone else. If you keep relying on Pastor, then if, if it goes wrong, it will kill the Pastor himself and it will kill us too. Here, I will talk about two things considering the truth. If we lack some sort of vitamins, so when we raise our children, they might uh, not eat certain types of food, right? Then what would happen? It happens. Um, it, might, yeah, it might cause your health to have problems. Such a simple answer, right? But when we skip some kind of food, uh, some types of food, we, we all know that we would have problems in, in our health. And you guys all know this, this magical, magical powder, this, this MSG. This allows you, to, allows you to cook much better. If you um, consume these, couple times then it's okay but if you think about if you are consuming this every single meal wouldn't that cause you cause you some health issues the reason I'm telling you this is that sometimes we are consuming this truth uh, as a mixture of others or as uh, these partial truth when we say I am receiving this partial truth uh, I, I always think of myself as this, this one story one story of my, my past uh, professor in, in my seminary and he said you, you seminary students um, please please take many Bible courses how can you take only one or two Bible courses through in, in, in PhD or seminaries and, and be able to preach in your, in your field? Many pastors who went to the school with me, to the university with me, because the Bible classes were difficult, they, they avoid listening, listening, taking the courses. And instead, they took only like you know, different theology classes that were rather easier. And imagine me, I took one Corinthian, Corinthians um, course and I wrestled uh, throughout that, that truth. And of course, there would be truth that I have wrestled together with, with the Lord in me, but it, it can be partial, right? You guys know this story. Um, Pastor Kim once said this. 
if you don't know, if you don't know Book of Hebrews, would you still be able to? Would you still be able to be saved? Would there be any problem for you to be saved? No, there's no problem. But what's the issue that we might uh, see? We might have difficulties going into the sanctification and glorification. What does it mean? I have met Jesus, but the Jesus that I met might not have eyes or nose. So having partial truth is that is the same story as, as that I am meeting Jesus who does not have eyes or mouth. But what God has provided to our church is this integration. What's the, what's the integration? Not only, not only um, Pastor Kim has preached nearly all 66 books of the Bible and we are all finishing these, these, these sermons. Is that it? No. The integration of truth is that is that the image, this full image of Jesus is being completed in us. So before, before, before now, back in the days, uh, we used to hear only the image of arm of Jesus, image of leg of Jesus, something like that. But now is putting into, putting into a whole part, completed image of Jesus Christ. So through that, through the full image of God, now the full image of Jesus Christ, now as a body of body parts of Jesus Christ, we can now serve one another. What did Jesus say? I came to serve you. I came to give myself as an atonement sacrifice. So if someone whose truth has been integrated in me, in him, would be able to naturally uh, serve one another. So I bless that all the leaders would desire this. God, uh, and there are, there are so many different truths that has been preached on the podium. And just, just like this image has been completed in Pastor Kim, God, I want this image to be completed in us and, in, and be integrated in, in us. And I want to talk a little bit about this, 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 um, this chief of great prostitute. Is Jesus God or a man? This is not an interest of ourselves. Not it wasn't only our interest. In the church history, many people have fought and fought over this. In fifth century, came up a. a It was a decree of Calcaton, something like that. And he said, um, Jesus was truly man and truly God. But what happens there? But instead of putting, putting the equal, um, equivalent amount of importance on both sides, instead, uh, putting a little bit more weight on truly God part. So if he insists a little bit... Um, stronger on truly God part then it could be it could be bring problems that 
Jesus, um, all the miracles and signs that he has performed, he has performed on this earth, is is using his own um, power of deity. It becomes it becomes a controversy also through 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 Second Corinthians. What, he, what have you heard? Carry the death of Jesus Christ. Your weakness would be victory. But what if Jesus Himself used His own power, His own divinity, when He needed to use, show His miracles and signs? Then there was no weakness of Jesus Christ. But how could He, how could He, able to say to us, um, carry the weakness of Jesus Christ? So I'm saying that nothing should be mixed with the truth. If we apply this to us, how can we say this? We have, tr uh, of course, we have heard this message. We need to carry the death of Jesus Christ. Then what happens? Hey, but business is something that I should do. Workplace is the world. Well, I would let my weakness of my family to Jesus, but my workplace is something else. It's different. It's a different story. So this is this is syncretism. This is a this is MSG Mix, mixing this truth. You are not completely rejecting the truth or completely opposing the truth, but we can um, compromise a little bit in in this part. The remnant, as we all all have known, is a lame. Is persecuted and has been has been um, kicked out. If you are your long church member, because you are lame, because you have been sent off, because you have been persecuted, you cannot live without relying on Jesus Christ. If you mix something to the truth, you cannot become a remnant. And secondly, who is a true shepherd? A true shepherd is a shepherd who can put his life, who can give up on his life for his sheep. In verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A shepherd laying down his life for, for his sheep. Let's think about this. Is it right for the shepherd to lay down his life for his sheep or the sheep to, to lay down their lives for, for their, sh their shepherd? Let's say it this way. If there's, a king, if there's a king in a kingdom, is it right for a king to lay down his life for his people or the people to, to give up on their lives for his king? They're their king. The worldly way, the worldly way is the sheep to, to die for the shepherd. And it applies to the kingdom of this, this world too. What do the leaders of this world require for their, their followers? Their followers to put their lives for for their leaders. So this worldly leadership is like this. So all these thieves, robbers of the parable here, are actually not not 
not that of a bad people in perspective of this world. They are normal and natural in the standard of the world. But what Jesus says here in other gospel books, he, there's a story of a, of a shepherd um, looking for a one lost lamb leaving behind this 99 sheep. What clearly uh, is written in the Bible is that this 99 sheep that has been left behind were the righteous people who, does, who do not need to repent. And if we think, we might can think, hey, why? It's right for... It's right to um, just, you know, manage these 99 people well and just leave that, that one problematic person behind, right? But, but in God's way, in kingdom of God's way, it's different. So we can apply this question to us too. We have many leaders here, many cell leaders, but it's simple. Is it right for the cell leader to put his life for his cell group members or the cell group members to put their life for the cell, cell leader? <laughs> when we see um, Pastor Ham, Ham Nanyong we can truly see that she's putting her life for for the students. But this is calling of the leader. For the sheep that God has appointed to me, putting my life for this sheep. This is the calling of the leader. But there are many cell leaders like this. Okay. Okay, if it's the one time if it's a one-time thing that I can just die once, then, well, I can do that. But, but I have to continuously to die to myself for the, for the followers, right? It's difficult. What's the reason that Jesus himself lay, laid down his life for his sheep? What did he want to uh, accomplish through this? This is connected to the rule of God. And we have heard this message through the book of Hosea, this sermon of Hosea. Israel, Israelites were people of God. When, when they are being corrupted, what happens? What does God do? God, God kills them, right? When the people are corrupted, God can kill the people and uh, begin again with different people. And we have heard this story of, of an heir of a heir of a kingdom, a prince. If a prince does not have um, have a qualification to to inherit the kingdom, what 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 does the king do? He would um, disqualify the person and make another person to be qualified for for her the inheritance. But the problem happens here in this relationship of bride and bridegroom. Book of Hosea opened the first um, revelation of this bride and bridegroom relationship to Hosea. Gomer, 
what kind of bride was was she to to Hosea? In his in her appearance, she was a corrupted bride. But in eyes in the eyes of Hosea, uh, Gomer was pure and blameless and holy to to him. And this is heart of God. This is the relationship of God and the Israelites. Then who is this sheep? In the relationship between Jesus, this sheep, of course, this sheep is is um, God's people and God's uh, heir. At the same time, uh, they are these sheep are are a bride of, for Jesus. So God cannot just kill these people, and in order to fulfill. Jesus came in order to fulfill this new covenant, and we can say many things about this new covenant. But through this new covenant, we have been united as a one body with Jesus Christ. He has become our bridegroom, and we have become His bride. Now, this life of sheep and shepherd are cannot cannot be separated again, because because these two. Have been united. This life cannot be divided either. So, in order to save the sheep, the shepherd must die. This is such a fearful and, at the same time, a beautiful love. Why? Because God's love is not simply well. What's good is good between one another. No. God's love is a covenantal love. So that if this covenant is broken. Someone must pay the price of this this broken covenant. But because these bride, which I love so much, have broken this covenant, but still, who pays the price? The bridegroom, the shepherd, he himself pays the price instead, uh, in place of his his bride. I want to uh, talk a little bit about my calling. I have been um, ordinated, uh, ordinated, installed. I have been ordinated um, a few months ago, but this 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 ordination was was like a wedding to me. In my calling of of a pastor, there was this one mystery that I could not solve. I cannot understand. I never once. Uh, I had one question that that I never once questioned to God, asking Him, "Why have you called me as a pastor?" Before this ordination service, I have never questioned this to God Himself, and I have never considered that weird. Not questioning Him why. But the reason why is that. I have been. I believe God ever since the birth, but I have met God personally after I have turned thirty. But after I met God, my life became very simple. When God tells me to go somewhere, I would go. When God tells me to stop, then I would stop. The reason why I should go or stop did not mean a lot to me, and if he, because he, if he becomes my companion, then nothing would be nothing else would be problem to me. But how did God give me this calling 
as pastor. When I first met God personally, I desired so so much to to receive this tongue prayer. So on that day, I went to this one service, and I prayed so so hard. All of a sudden, God brought me to Exodus 32 and 32:33. It's it's a message that you guys all know. Moses there tells to God. God, if you are not um, bringing the Israelites with you, then remove my name from the book of life. And God brought me to that message and tells, showed me that the heart of Moses is same as heart of Jesus. And at the time, I did not understand this, but I could sense this great love of Jesus. I was so amazed, so I fell down on the ground and I cried. But at the same time, God questioned me at this at that time. Will you become my servant? Will you become a pastor? <laughs> All those years, um, even though I have been believing God from my birth, but I have heard many things like, "Do not, do not vow easily. <laughs> do not make decisions that easily. Not no, uh, it's not easy to become a pastor." But. In in my conscious, I had this feeling that oh, I will one day become a pastor in a way. In my ordination service, someone comes to me and tells me, um, "Pastor, in the heavens, people are are everyone are preparing. Everyone's preparing for this ordination, and on this earth, everyone was preparing for this ordination. But why are you, you yourself, who is being ordinated?" Uh, is not busy at all. But during that day, the feeling that I had is that uh, if God calls me, if God if God called me, it did not matter uh, in which um, position that He calls me, whether it's a businessman, whether it's a teacher, whether it's something else. So I prayed, God. Well, no matter what you have called, I would go, but. Why, out of all things, have you called me as a pastor? So I asked, asked him. But the first thing that God told me was that, and he said, he said, would you, would you marry me? But at that instance, I realized, oh, when I first met God personally, when I met God, that was like a proposal. And I have not answered to that proposition to, to Him until, until then, until the ordination service. And then after that, after that, God began to explaining me the reasons. This would be different from 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 the pastors. To me, to me, that position is the position that I can love the most and be loved the most. That's the reason why I have chosen you. And that, to me, was this calling as a bride to Him, standing. Standing in the church next to him. 
This is not just personal spiritual experience, but I want all the leaders in our church to have this opportunity to stand next to him as a bride. Why? Because I need to receive this love as a bride so that when he calls us as as bridegrooms, as a bridegroom, he can be able to uh, let this love uh, being flow through us who, who has been loved as brides. So the Good Shepherd is the one who lays down his life for his, his sheep. And this is being uh, described in verse 17 and 18. It's being described as authority. The reason why my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. So here he surely say, I'm not being dragged to be crucified. This is my own decision. This is my father's decision, and I have chose. I have chosen to obey to him, and I have not only the authority to lay down my life, but also to take it up again. And God is saying this to the leaders of your long church. This is the authority of love and love and power that I'm giving to you to appoint my sheep to you. And when, when we lay down our, our life, He will give us the authority to take it up again. So, so freely, love freely. Love boundlessly. This is what He's telling us to all the leaders. I want all the leaders to receive these, this love and authority. I'll move to the third one. Who is the true shepherd then? In verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. When we look here, not only the shepherd know the sheep, but the sheep know the shepherd. But what this relationship is, is the same as the Father and Jesus' relationship. The verb know here is ginosko that you guys all know. The verb ginosko here, in the context, in the context, this is the same word as koinonia that we have heard many times in First John. So the qualification of true shepherd is, and the way of true shepherd to shepherd his sheep is this communication and this relationship. I love book of, book of John so much, and the reason why is because of this relationship. Father loves the son so much, and the son loves the disciples so much, and the disciples love each other, love one another so much. So this this relationship of father and son does not end there, does not end between God and Jesus. It continues to his disciples, and in. In Christ, the, Christ the, the disciples can love one another and respect one another. It appears so beautifully in in Book of John and Book of First John. 
And these, these dynamics of triangle that we have heard applies the same. This triangle works um, at the same time. These three persons, they completely uh, respect one another, completely love one another, so that they can, they must exist all together. If not, they would just be separated and do their own, own work. This is a, a different story, but these three persons are different from, from the human beings. In which way? In, in, to me, through the Holy Spirit, I, I have a relationship between God and Jesus. But sometimes I focus on Jesus more. And once, one time, I, I had this kind of thinking, oh, what if I, if I focused on Jesus more than these other two persons, would they be upset? But at instance, the Father God tells me, hey, to me, um, you loving my son more than me is more happy to me. I would ask uh, Deacon Kim, So, for example, if I ask one of the fathers here, if your if your children, if you if your children um, present your mom only only mom the present, how would you feel? You feel bad, you feel upset or bad? But you guys are you guys are people, so you you guys can of course you guys can say well your mom would be upset if you don't give her a present, and still um, it would upset you more, right? <laughs> but God is not. So in fact, if I, if, even if I don't share so much, uh, we have heard many messages uh, considering this relationship. It doesn't end, but the message of uh, relationship and communication, it does not end just hearing the message. We need to practice this. If we fail to have relationship between God, it fails for us, um, it brings failure in, in uh, making the, the characteristics and personality to raise spirits. If you think about this, why did Jesus say, say so many messages of a father? Because he has come on this earth as a human being and he had the same relationship as a human being with God. In John 5.20, this love, filial love, and this loving relationship is being um, circulated between this triumph God. As Jesus came on this earth, He, he um, practiced this relationship between God and between Holy Spirit. So in that, in that way, in this relationship, the Father and the Son is united as one. So especially to the leaders, this relationship is so important. 
through the Holy Spirit. I want you guys to sincerely desire to, to communicate and have relationship between Holy Spirit and between God. And you guys might question me, um, well, of course I do want to have relationship. Then what, what should we do? Um, we need to get rid of this lots of distraction, this spiritual distraction. If you have too many um, ministries that you, you have in, in the church, then just turn off the switches. For your, for your ministries, you pray for the ministry, right? You meet someone, you pray. Um, but if you pray only for the ministry, your spirit will be hardened. And what's another pro problem? Is that because you are keep praying and if you are keep listening to the voice of God, then you would not be able to sense that you are being hardened. So I bless you that you would enter deeply into this relationship that, with, that you can be able to hear this small whispering of God. Of course, there is a relationship of God and there is also a relationship between brothers and sisters. We have cell leaders, our, our brothers and sisters in your intercessory groups. Then what happens to, to this relationship? I'm going to describe you a little bit about this, this uh, having fun relationship. And I, I was very thankful that this, this having fun spirituality is being uh, unraveled in, in our church. If you think about this, in the place of worship, place of prayer, you at least have this very... Uh, this this minimum amount minimum amount of this alertness alertness uh, when you come to the place of prayer or place of worship but i have not followed all different communities so i i do not know all but, but when you go out for the picnic, do you guys have this, this alertness in you? This spiritual um, nervousness or alertness? I'm not telling you to, that you should be able to go out there and pray and do spiritual warfare or something like that. But instead, what, what should you guys think? You should have this expectation. You should have this different alertness in you. What, would, what's God per, what, what is God's purpose through this? If you have just um, booked a place, reserved the restaurants, and, and had fun, then that's all. There's no place for God to enter into you. It's not like, oh, because my good times has gone, now I have to go back into this um, severe uh, spiritual atmosphere of Yobong Church once again. No. Of course, us having fun, sharing food, and communicating one another, it's all being part, this process of being united as one. But during that time, I want you to experience God. And when I, when I was in Scotland, I once went to this one small town in Spain. In Spain, yeah. Spain, 
Uh, Spain to to British people, it's like going to Jeju Island in Korea, something like that, because it's very close. But anyways, I'm I was in process of writing PhD, my my doctor's degree. Writing writing uh, it's. Writing a um, doctor's paper is, is like not resting a single day. So when I go to when I go to university, when I go to school, my wife stays home all all day long. She does not have anywhere to go. She does not have anyone to um, call to. So one day she she asked me, let's go to Jeju Island in, in a sense. If she said this, did I do you think that I have reacted to her? Okay, let's go and um, you know take a good breath. But instead I, I answered her, Hey, I'm too busy writing this paper. I have no concept of writing. I have to meet my my professor. <laughs> then my wife told me, okay, then pray, listen, listen to the voice of God. I prayed and I did not have 1% in my mind that God would answer me to go there because I did not write a single, single letter in my, in my paper. Anyways, so that we went to Spain because God answered me to go. In, in the place, in the place that we stayed in Spain, I, because of my legalism in me, I thought to myself, oh, I have to recover my spirituality here even though I cannot write my paper. So I brought lots of religious books um, and I tried my best to pray, but my wife looking at me very stupid. And we once went to went to a place by a bus and because I was not so familiar with the place um, we went off in a wrong place we went off in a place that there's um, nothing it's like a wilderness in there and I began complaining to God God I did not tell you to come here I did not ask you to, to bring me here But all of a sudden, there was this great um, bombing sound. It was a very um, uh, it was a place very far away from a, from a city, and there was this one hill, and <laughs> in, in on that hill there was these cannons and prepared for the fireworks and all these festivals and I, I heard that sound of them firing the cannonballs and stuff and, and that sound sounded to me like oh my son I love you so much 
So at that place, I, I fall down, uh, even though I went back to, to our guest house. I was be able to recover back to myself. Uh, the reason why I'm telling you this is that it all concludes to, to relationship. The reason why we are worshiping, the reason why we are praying is relationship. But, but also, us going out on a picnic is not just um, loosening ourselves, our, this loosening our tension. We need to extend this to, to this, this perspective of relationship too. And there appears another way of shepherd, to shepherd his sheep. In verse 3, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So the shepherd has different names to call each sheep. So Jesus calls, calls his own sheep, different sheep by, by, by their names. And here, imagine, is this name just the name that we used on this earth? And of course, he knows that I'm, I'm Yu Sangwon and you Deacon is uh, Deacon Kim. Because he's a creator God, he, all, he knows, because he has created us, he would know all, all our names. But Jesus, has, he became a human being. In the field of our life, he was, he was, and he will be. So it's not only to distinguish one another. He knows the different names. He knows what this deacon likes to eat, what kind of style he likes to wear, why, what's the reason he has quarrel between his wife. He understands and knows all these. So that's the reason why he can guide us out, calling different names of us. And he does not end there. And, but also he, he took the step before us in order to lead us. If someone does not um, make a path before the sheep, who are these sheep? They cannot um, look well. They cannot see well. They cannot avoid the weather, different weather. And this shepherd understood this so well. So he became this, uh, this little lamb and he went through the valley of death and he went through, through the crucifixion. So in that way, uh, Psalms 23 is such a, a prophetic poem. Um, David himself was an ex uh, a for example of Jesus, and he he met Jesus personally, and telling um, Jehovah is my shepherd. Jesus himself, as a, as a human being, a same same human being, same sheep, um, being guided by Father God, Shepherd God, and confessing, Father, I'm going through this path of cross. I have no nothing in want.
then this is the path that he already went through. He, he became sheep himself. Us leaders, us leaders who are serving the Spirit should be able to go the same path of cross. It's not simply he, his confession of his own. We should be able to confess this Psalms 23 too. Jesus is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Even though I go through the um, valley of the shadow of death, um, the reason I would not fear is that because because of the blood that you have shed for me and because of this, this truth that you have shown through your life is uh, protecting me. In the place of my enemy, the grace that you have provided me is abundant. I hope this confession would be our confession. So now then, the fourth condition for, for the true, true shepherd. Who is a true shepherd then? A true shepherd is a true shepherd who the world and the religion wants to kill. From verse 19 to 21, the Jews who heard those words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad while listening to him. Uh, but others said, These are not, not the sayings of a man possessed by a devil. Can a demon um, open the eyes of the blind? So there, there comes a controversy between, between the Jews. Jesus saying, I am a true shepherd and you are not. A true shepherd must lay down his life, but you intentionally uh, skin my sheep and plunder their meat. So these false shepherds were mad and accusing Jesus, he's demon-possessed, he's mad. Only some of them were able to acknowledge, how can a demon-possessed man open the eyes of the blind man? At least, shouldn't we think once again? Then if Yolbang Church is being led by this true shepherd, how would this world um, treat us? Wouldn't this world uh, mock us, um, persecute us? And even if, 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 if so, uh, that's such a natural reaction of this world. And to all the leaders of Yolbang Church, in, in, in this church, in this world, if you are a true shepherd, this reaction of Pharisees and the teacher of the law are waiting, waiting for you. Uh, in, we are key fighting this spiritual warfare against this immorality. Why? After, after this such great grace of Second Corinthians, why is this happening? Why is this spirit of religion being being mad? It's because this true shepherd is guiding our church so that all the false in, in us is just ravaging in us, telling us, rejecting, rejecting, hey, I don't like the true shepherd. I don't like to follow Jesus Christ. It keeps shouting in us. So then, then, who is the true master of our church? It's Jesus. Who is the shepherd of our church? Jesus. Who is the true king of our church? Jesus. In that way, in that way, God is con continuously telling us, 
Who is your true master? Who is your true king? Who is your true shepherd? Who are you following at this point right now? What is this world telling you? Is this world mocking you? Is this world making you ashamed? Then, then you are true. God is telling us like this. So we have looked through who are, who is true shepherd in four 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 conditions. And one last thing that I want to talk about is that there is this one goal that this true shepherd wants to lead his sheep to. In verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And here, we all know that Israel was the, the flock of sheep that Jesus is shepherding. And Jesus is saying that there's another flock of sheep that he wants to he wants to bring to himself. And who who is this another flock of sheep? It's pagans. Then at that time when Jesus said when Jesus said when Jesus said the Jews and the pagans, Gentiles will will be will be united. how would the Israelites reacted to him. Oh, of course, he is demon possessed. Why would why would Israelites um, unite to to Gentiles? But everywhere that Jesus goes, he healed the, the Samaritan woman. He healed the daughter of a, a Gentile pagan. But now. Now all the situation is different. Jesus himself uh, tear down his own body. He united the, the Gentiles to be united to the Israelites. And then what's the the um the result of that is the church. Now the situation is different. Us church, we, we need to say we are we need to say now it's time for us to help the Israelites. But other churches might say, Why should we? Why should we? Of course some of the, some of these awakened churches might say, Oh that's true. But, but we have heard the message of Zechariah, right? We helped um Rabbi Tsak because we need to help the 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 these uh, these Israelites, and when we say these kind of things, how would this this worldly church would react? Well, you guys are mad. You guys are demon possessed. They might react like this, but thankfully, God opened the gate of Israel. He allowed us to have the conferences. He led us through this this ministry. I am so thankful for that. But what God wants me to share today is, is about this Korean Peninsula. When I was praying, when I am praying for when I pray for North Korea, I had this heart. Oh, okay, when when the unification happens, not if it's not us, someone would go to that that place. 
I I want to pray that someone would go there and uh, establish a church, and God's name would be lifted there too. But when I when I was praying for these branch churches, God gave me this inspiration: is that these branch churches are for for the unification. And then, what does it have relationship with uh, setting up a branch church in Gwangju or Gangwon? What does it have relationship with with the reunification of South Korea to with the North Korea? This Korean Peninsula. And God is saying, I want the amount of the remnants to be full, to be filled, in order for this Korean Peninsula to be reunified. So to us, um, setting up these branch churches is not only to gather the remnants, but also to prepare this unification. Are you guys looking forward for this unification? We have heard many times of this, this unification generation. I have this one expectation that when we go to Pyongyang, there's this place called um, um, Kim Il-sung Plaza? Kim Il-sung Plaza or something? Or stadium? I don't know what, what is stadium is called. How amazing would that be if, if, the, if this, this place can contain like 100,000 people? Um, how amazing would that be if these 100,000 people gather there and have conference there? And the believers, Christians in North Korea, their one hope is to raise up their voice to sing and praise for, for Jesus and have one free worship. But not only that, but to gather in that place and to proclaim that the true master and true king of this land is you only. And if we can um, raise this worship to him, how amazing would that be? Already, um, God is... I want you guys to believe that God is already working among the North Korea. And through, through branch churches, uh, please believe that God will raise lots of remnants. I will wrap up and summarize. We looked at who the true shepherd is. First, true shepherd is the one who gives life. How can he how can he give gives life? He gives life through the truth. So if the pastors who have been raised in Yeobang Church is the true shepherd, they should be able to feed the truth. And in order for that, you need to be fed the truth first. And secondly, the true shepherd can lay down his life for his sheep. It would be so vain if he just uh, ends there, right? But not only laying down the life itself is an authority, but also taking it up again is the authority too. I, I bless you to uh, take this authority. And thirdly, it's the relationship. The shepherd uh, knows his sheep and the sheep know, know their, their shepherd. When God has relationship with his son and when the son has relationship with his people, when you have this relationship, I believe you would be able to love your sheep like this in this relationship. And lastly, if you are a true shepherd, wherever you go, the persecution would naturally come. The destruction would come. The, the blame, blame would come. Then rather, consider that pr uh, proud, thinking, oh, God is acknowledging me. Let's pray.
Father God, at this time, we want to see your glory. Father, we want to see the glory of Jesus Christ. Father, be our true shepherd. Father, you have poured everything for us. Father, let us, let us hear your voice. You are my sheep. I am your shepherd. Father, we want to hear your voice. Father, help us to enter into this deep relationship and react. help us to react to your love. Father, help us to forgive everything. I'm in persecution. I don't believe this. Father, let go of all this work of deception, Father. We rebuke and curse all this work of evil spirit. Father, at this time, tell us, Father. Father, especially um, touch the brothers. Within the brothers, Father, because lack of the love, Father, that has been left as curse. Father, Father, remove all these bitter roots in them. Father, through Pastor Kim, Father, through the truth, through the message, through the sermon, this love is being provided. Father, help them to react as amen. Father, now it's time for the darkness to be revealed. Now it's time for the love to be revealed. Now it's not the time for me to react by my bitter roots or my bindings. Father, instead of instead of choosing my hurts, Father, Father, help us to throw them away. Father, be glorified at this time. Father, give us your glory. Father God, I bless this community to enter into great, greater expectation of love. Father, help us not to think, oh, I'm, I'm over, I'm done. No, that's not it. Father, you are keep telling us, oh, I will show you how much I love. I will show you how much this Christ has loved you. My love is a perfect love. I love you. I love you. With the exchange of this whole universe, I will rescue you. I will save you. Even though it was only you, I would have come on this earth. You are my justice. You are my bride. You are my holy and pure bride. Receive this worthiness and this qualification that I give you. Receive it by faith. Father, help us to have this expectation of love in us. Father, at this time, speak to us. Cross is not a sadness. Cross is glory. Cross is glory. Father, let all the leaders in our community uh, receive the cross as glory, Father. No matter what my circumstances, no matter what my condition is, whether I'm, in, whether I'm in suffering or tribulation, Father, help us to acknowledge that cross is glory. Father, through this cross, help my weakness to become a victory, Father. Father, this power of resurrection, uh, help it to be with us, Father, to be with all the leaders in Yolbang Church. Help this authority to be poured to all the leaders. Father, 
Father, let Yolbang Church now to use the power of love. Father, help Yolbang Church to proclaim this authority of love. Father, help us to receive this as your commandment. Father, to all the leaders, to all pastors, Father, let all this power of love to be proclaimed to them. Father, I'm not being dragged to death, but I'm carrying, carrying gladly this death. At, then, then through through this life of resurrection, this authority of resurrection will be abundant through us, Father. Let this power and authority of love be abundant and be poured to Yolbang Church. Let this power, let this power of love be filled in this Yolbang Church. Father, at this time, Father, at this time, at this season that you are purifying our church, Father, let all these strongholds and let all these forces in our mindset be cleansed and purified by your precious blood of Jesus Christ. Father, let all these theories that we have received from this world be disappeared. Father, at this time, help us to have this faith of martyrdom that have help us to desire not to be mixed with this earth, uh, in this earth world. Father, help our Yabang church to be firmly stand as this remnant. This only fight that is given to us is this fight and battle of faith, Father. Help us to have this faith, and with this faith, Father, help us to uh, stand firm through uh, upon your glory, Father. Let church be purified. Clean, cleanse your church. Destroy the stronghold. In my faith, at the end, he will surely be get well. But let's pray one more time. Father, there's this strong infection in, in, in lungs of uh, Elder Chu, but Father, uh, let this infection be disappear so that he will be moved to these uh, regular rooms. Father, destroy all the strongholds in his mindset too. Father, let all the community to support him with this life. Father God, purify the community. Father, we thank you that you are leading us into the perfection, Father. Father, let do not let a single person, single spirit, to not be able to fail to stand before you in the glory, Father. Let all the evil be revealed in us. Father, let all the darkness be cleansed by your light, by your glory, all the bindings, all the strongholds in our minds, Father, let these be solved. And Father, let all, all of us become a pure saint. Help us to stand before you as pure bride, Father. Help us to run before you. With this another week, Father, help us to confirm our church and confirm our calling. Father, bless them and protect them, Father. Father, to them, Father, allow this amazement, this joy of church. Father, help us to be victorious. Father, in this time of revealing of darkness, Father, com comfort all the people whose darkness is being revealed, who are suffering, Father. Help, help them to realize that we are all one. We are being united. We are all together at this time, Father. And as we are solving all these issues, Father, we believe that we will meet this time, that we will be completely free from all the bindings, Father. Help us to be completely be free from this time. Father, help us to enter into this perfection and purifying glorification, Father. We are offering this offering that has been um, 
laid down before your father. Father, do not let anyone in a single moment think that we are living according to ourselves. Father, bless us so that we are relying on to you, Father. At this time, this community is uh, looking forward for this construction, Father. Father, allow us this strong authority of material, Father. Now is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and the love of the Father, and Holy Spirit's indwelling communion be with all the saints who are desiring and eager to be holy to the children, to their workplace, their family, their people, to the nation, to all the people in the ministry will be forevermore. Amen.